0: This is the Daily Lectionary Comments for July the 16th. We're going to look at Judges chapter 16, the, the um, close of the narrative regarding Samson, and uh, a little bit in Galatians. All right, Judges chapter 16, first off, and I'll spend just a little time with this. And this is this famous story of Samson and Delilah. And really the the main thing that i want to comment on this is that samson really seems stupid here i mean it's hard to see how he could possibly have given into this woman over and over again obviously trying to trick him obviously trying to get information from him so that he could be weakened and he could be captured and yet he keeps on giving to her well First off, he gives her three false clues, and so he's toying with her. And so you kind of understand that, uh, I mean, in the sense that he's not really giving her the secret to, you know, how how he can be weakened, the secret of his strength. He's toying with her, but in this toying with her, it, it should have been plainly obvious what she will do if she ever gets the truth about Samson. So when he finally does tell her, Well, if you cut my hair, then then that will do it. And he when he tells her this, he tells her this in the context of explaining to her the cutting of the hair as part of the Nazarite vow. And she understood that. The Nazarite vow was was more than just letting your hair grow long. It it was being separated for God and observing certain aspects of your life. Uh and, and so Continuing on in his Nazarite vow was really what the point was. The hair was an indication that you were a Nazarite. The point is, Samson tells Delilah that as long as he's continuing as a Nazarite, then he is going to have this power because his power really is not in his hair. It comes from God and it comes from his relationship with God. And therefore, if that is cut off, his strength is cut off. The amazing thing is, why would he ever tell her that? Now the answer is actually not what I said before. Samson is just too stupid. He he just he couldn't realize. You know, even though three times she had obviously uh, attempted to have him captured, somehow or another, the fourth time he doesn't realize is going to happen again. What you have here is a growing arrogance and cockiness of Samuel, or excuse me, of Samson that he he simply didn't even believe his own words, that his strength really came from his Nazarite vow and his relationship with God. He came to believe that his strength really was his strength. Now, maybe he believed that it came from God, but that God was going to give it to him no matter what. In other words, he tells Delilah this. He knows Delilah is going to tell uh, the, the Philistines the secret. It doesn't matter. As the text says, he comes out, and he says, it's going to go this time like it did before. He's talking to himself. We, of course, know that it isn't going to go the way it's gone before. And Samson is going to read uh, to, to uh, finish miserably uh, his uh, his service to God. So he's captured. Eyes are gouged out. He finishes in a spectacular, I guess he takes 3,000 Philistines with him, but but nevertheless, this is just, Samson is a study in disappointment. Let's go back to what I said two or three devotions ago, when I talked about the great fanfare of a whole chapter being devoted to Samson's birth and all the promise that was built in there. I mean, <laughs> that God has sent an angel and that his birth is miraculous and at that time, I mentioned that, you know, if we didn't know what happened next, we would assume that whatever happened next was really going to be terrific. And then when we find out how actually Samson really did conduct his life and what really was accomplished through him, we would be very disappointed. In fact, we should be very disappointed. And so, and so this is what I really want you to understand in this whole, not just the Samson narrative, but especially the Samson narrative, but all of Judges. Samson is a metaphor. I mean, he's a real person, but, but he, is, he is also a representative of all of the promise, of all of the hope, of all of what could have been and what should have been in the nation of Israel. That the nation of Israel, like Samson, was born miraculously. That the nation of Israel, like Samson, was imbued with the spirit of God and the power of God. And the nation of Israel, like Samson, was called to be God's servant and to enter the promised land, empty the promised land of uh, idols, and living at peace and in joy with their Lord. The nation of Israel began with a great promise, and the Lord by their side and in their midst. but. What the book of Judges tells us is that the story after that was rather disappointing. At the end of Joshua, we might have thought that everything is going to be very wonderful now. The people are in the promised land and God is with them and everything is going to be good now. Now they can start keeping the covenant and honoring their God. We get to the book of Judges and we find out it's not that way at all. If the story of Samson is wasted promise, a great promise because of God's blessings, but a promise frittered away because of selfishness, recklessness, and faithlessness. If that is the story of Samson, that is the story of Israel up to this point, too. Great promise, but it's frittered away. The story of God leading his people into the promised land and the story of the people in the promised land is the story of the people's faithlessness and therefore their failure to thrive in the promised land. Just as Samson turned out to be sort of an army of one, a leader of one, accomplishing little more than pinpricks against the philistines and who suffered constantly at their hands and those around samson suffered constantly at their hands and because of him so also the people of israel who started with such great promise are just withering there in the promised land and the reason is themselves the reason is not god it is not as though god failed samson Samson failed God, and it is not as though God failed Israel. Israel has failed God. Now, that's the depressing side of it, and that's what the book of Judges is meant to tell us. The Israelites have simply fallen short and, therefore, have not thrived in the promised land, although that's what God's will for them was. And Samson is a picture of Israel, full of promise, full of the power of God, called to be a servant of God but through recklessness and faithlessness, kind of fritter it all away and in miserably. Now there is another message here. And it is vital that we hear this. And that is, for all of Israel's failures and for all of Samson's failures, God did not abandon either one. That even though Samson finishes rather pathetically, nevertheless, there was a spectacular aspect to it precisely because God still was listening to him, still was with him, though we can't hardly imagine why, the way Samson conducted himself, God nevertheless did not abandon Samson and was there with him right to the end. And so also, God, although we can't hardly understand why, God did not abandon Israel, even though Israel had over and over and over again abandoned and failed God. The message of Judges is not, then, just the failure of Israel to be faithful to God. That is central, but more central yet is that God is faithful to his promises. And notwithstanding the failures of Israel, God is still in their midst. So the book of Judges is going to draw to a close and we're now going to go on to First Samuel. And in First Samuel, we're going to see that God is continuing with his people and that God still has a plan for them to flourish. And that plan is now going to go in a different direction. Samson is not what Israel is going to look like. And, and what They're not going to be the heroes, nor are they going to be forsaken. But instead, God has a new plan that is going to involve a king, and it is going to involve a kingdom. And that's where this story is going to go from now. So there's the story of Samson, not just what happened with him, but really what he means. We're not going to talk about Galatians today, not because Galatians isn't important, but because this next part of Galatians is similar to the last devotion, and I've already spent enough time on uh, on Samson. So that'll be it until tomorrow. We'll talk about Galatians again then.